0: So we are this morning in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 through 28, and I asked Mel to read it in the Amplified, and I never gave it to him, but uh, I'll give it to you in print at some point. This morning, as we prepare ourselves for the Lord's table, we want to look at this passage and look at three great appearances of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Father, we ask for the ministry of the Spirit of God upon us, that we would hear the word of the Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage that has been read has some very powerful and encouraging words to us, and they deal with the past and the present and the future of us as believers. And so, uh, as, as we look at that, we'll just start right in with the past. What did Jesus do as to our past? He came to make atonement for sin— The word atonement, of course, is a word that speaks of the way by which a holy and righteous God forgives sin. To atone, to supply satisfaction. And so, Jesus came and made atonement for sin. He paid sin's wages in your place, child of God. And Sinner outside of Christ that's your greatest need in verse 26 now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the, by the sacrifice of himself he came to deal with sin sin is rebellion against God we know that it's expression of our fallen nature Sin has brought us under the curse, the judgment of God's holy law. It's put the sentence of death upon us. It shuts the door to all hope. In the courtroom of God, we're all found guilty. And we deserve justice and nothing more and nothing less. So all of that to say it's not easy to deal with the penalty and the power of sin. And that's why you're you're being quite blindedly foolish if you have something in your life and you're trying to forgive yourself. You don't have anything to forgive yourself with. Forgiveness is costly. If you have something that you have guilt about, you need to take it to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the sin debt. No one else could pay it. You paid it. Not all the sacrifices of the fruits and vegetables that Cain brought couldn't deal with sin. Not all the blood of the beast that were ever on Jewish altars could clear the guilty conscience and wash away sin. Not the, As the hymn writer said, not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no longer know, could my tears forever flow All for sin could not atone. Christ must save, and Christ alone. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary was enough. And it is enough. And he died once, and once was enough. And so, again, these scriptures in Hebrews 9, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And that's why we come to the Lord's table. We come to rejoice in the once and for all completed, finished work of atonement accomplished at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Now millions of people, and there's no disrespect here, there's just, this is just what is. There are those who... Embrace well-intended traditions of men. Quote It is quite properly offered according to apostolic tradition, not according to the Word of God, but according to apostolic tradition. And we're talking about here what is referred to as the Mass. It looks like the Lord's Supper, but it's called the Mass, and it's totally different, and what they're seeking to accomplish here is by their own words, according to apostolic tradition, not only for the sins and penalties and satisfactions and other needs of the faithful who are living, but also for those who have died in Christ, but are not yet fully cleansed. This is from the Council of Trent. This is truly propitiatory sacrifice. This is truly, this is a truly propitiatory sacrifice for the Lord is appeased by this offering. And so every time the priest guides people through this, they sincerely believe that they are offering a propitiatory sacrifice. In other words, Jesus did not accomplish everything at the Calvary there is a place, there continues to be a place, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times, every week, if not millions, where people are trying to carry out sincere worship and trying to deal with sin, trying to deal with guilt. But I'm thankful that the Word of God is very plain. He's already done it. He's already satisfied with the once and for all offering of Jesus Christ. This is not Baptist doctrine or Methodist doctrine or some other grand, this from the Word of God. In fact, the father signaled his acceptance of the once and for all sacrifice of Christ as spoken of here in Hebrews 9 among other places, but he he dramatically removed an earthly symbol that was a symbol of the separation between sinful man and God, and holy God. For when Jesus uh, went to Calvary and in the temple there was this uh, thick curtain that formed a wall between the area where the Arianic priesthood would minister in the Holy of Holies where God dwelt. And the scripture says in Matthew 27 51, when Jesus yielded up his spirit, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This removal of the barrier between God and sinful man was Significant and signified that the Father was well pleased. The greatest affirmation, of course, was that three days later, Jesus was raised for our justification. Romans 4, 25. Christ's offering for sin had been accepted. And we dare not take that lightly as we come to the table today. There's no other way for this to to happen Uh, men all over the world of various religions are trying to relate to God as they understand him and to try to appease him. It was an amazing thing to walk the streets of India and come upon places and people were throwing flowers and throwing everything you could imagine before this God, trying to appease this God. And there's many different ways all over the world of people trying to appease God, trying to satisfy his holiness. But the scripture tells us that when Jesus had made purification, or when he had purged our sins, this is in Hebrews 1, verse 3, when Jesus had purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. So this is another reality Why did he sit down? He was finished. He did it. Nothing more to do. He sat down from the work. He remains there until a future day. Hebrews 10, verse 12 through 13. He, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward till his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. So again, at the Lord's Supper, we come to celebrate, we come to rejoice in the once and for all offering made at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace. In him... Not in my works, not in my religion, not in anything I can do or offer, but in him. We have redemption through his blood. And there's no asterisk, but you also need this. And you also need this, and you need this person, and you need that person. No, it is through him. Now, in Hebrews 10:18, Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. No longer any offering for sin. So, what about you're a Christian and you've just sinned? Don't I need to pay God? Don't I owe Him something? Uh, Do I need to crawl my way back to God? Uh, Do I need to do some good works? I need to rely upon the finished work of Calvary. Jesus paid it all. That sin was also covered by the blood of Christ. Do I need to repent of that sin? Yes. Do I need to forsake that sin? Yes. Motivated by love. Motivated by the wonder of what God has done at Calvary. So. As we look at all this. Let me just pause to say. None of this is of any value to you or anyone else until or unless you have looked to Jesus Christ for him to pay that atoning sacrifice on your behalf. He was once offered to bear the sins of many. Don't refuse him. He's the only one who's done this. If you and I were looking around for someone to, who would take up the task of paying our sin debt, maybe there's someone who, they look at you and, I like him. I'm going to pay his sin debt. He not have anything to pay with. The only one qualified is Jesus. He did it. And the only way to have sins forgiven is to come to him and thank him for his doing, dying for his mercy. This is an hour of mercy and grace. Don't refuse it. Don't treat it lightly. Because this same Lord, full of mercy and grace, is coming in judgment. And to those outside of Christ, he will one day say, depart from me. You cursed into everlasting fire. Do you want these words spoken to you? These shall go away into everlasting punishment. This is the word of God. Jesus says that those on the left, those outside of Christ, those who refuse Christ, they have no hope. Every one of us here are going to face God. Either God in grace or God in judgment. Either with the outstretched arms of love and mercy, or to sink between him sending us to judgment. So Jesus is calling. Not in the words of the popular book that some lady wrote and veers badly from the scripture from time to time. But Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So, in the past, once and for all, at Calvary, Atonement has been made for sinners. Flee to him. Now what about the present? Jesus is our advocate, Christian Hebrews nine twenty four. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us as our advocate if any man sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous 1 John 2 verse 1 oh that's good news a lot of people are going around looking for a lawyer I'm going for Morgan Morgan he's the biggest he ain't big enough he can't deal with sin oh there may be a human earthly time and place for for some lawyer But this advocate never has lost a case. And when he wins your case on your behalf, you still don't owe him nothing. You no, know, the lawyers say, well, you don't owe us a thing unless we win. Jesus always wins, and we have nothing to pay. He's, he's not up for bids. He's not offering salvation to those who are rich. Those who are poor, you're, sorry, you're out of it. Jesus Christ is entered. He is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God himself for us. Boy, those are huge words. For us. If any man sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. The righteous. 1 Timothy 5, 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. And and there's all manner of religion in the world. And there's someone between you and God other than Jesus. Or you can't get to Jesus unless you go through this one. And there's a whole bunch of steps and things you have to do. There's one mediator between God and man. The man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, Hebrews nine fifteen is a mediator of the new covenant. Nine twenty-four. For Christ has entered into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Chapter 7, verse 25. Wherefore Jesus is able so also to save them to the uttermost who come to God by him. Just him. He's enough. Is he enough for you? Or are you trying some other way? Broad is the way that leads to destruction. There's many, many options and alternatives and whatever. Narrow is the way that leads to life. But the revelation of that way is clear. It's very clear. It's Jesus. He is able to save them to the uttermost. They come to God by Him, seeing that He ever lives to make intercession for them. And then in Romans 8, 26 and 27, likewise the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities for we know not what to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Then in chapter 8, verse 34 of Romans, it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is at the right hand of the Father. And what is he doing? Making intercession for us. The Bible is quite definite. We have an advocate, we have a lawyer, we have a mediator, we have an intercessor before God Almighty. The one whom we've offended, the one whom... You know, Paul said, I preach repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? We've offended holy God. And the God-man, the eternal Son of God, has become the Savior of sinners. And when you're in Christ, he's your advocate. He's your helper. He's your mediator. He's your intercessor. And this is why the Word of God shouts... Paul shouts, I'm determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Who's the one who stands in the presence of God for us? It is Christ. The same one who was here on earth who died on Calvary's cross. The only one who can represent us in heaven, and He does. With a lawyer like that, why are we down in the dumps? We must have our focus wrong. You may be facing incredible trials and troubles and tribulations. You have an advocate. You have a mediator. You have a helper. The Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Christ at his finished work. Believe on him. And the question of eternal security is settled. Jesus in the past on Calvary paid your sin debt, made atonement. Jesus in the present, now back in heaven, is your advocate before the Father. And in the future, Jesus is your hope. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once this word once keeps coming up. Maybe think maybe God doesn't think we believe him. You better. This is the word of God, it's true. God is not wa- wasting word, he's not stuttering. He's very plain about this. Pointed to man once to die, but after this is judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And to them that look for him, he shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Jesus suffered and died, but once. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for the many he came to say. I know in different contexts there are different verses and different things, uh, but I don't want to ever minimize this one. He came to bear the sins of just a few. Won't be many in heaven. Really? He came to bear the sins of many. Well, I don't know if there's room for me or not. Ask him. I don't know if I'm chosen. Cry out to him as a sinner and see what happens. He came to bear the sins of many. What a word. What a word. What a word. He bore the sins of many. Why not mine? The many justified by his blood. The many forgiven by his grace. Many pardoned by his mercy. Many whose sins God remembers them against them no more. Many sanctified by his spirit. Many given to him in the covenant of grace. Many for whom he now appears in heaven and prays and many who look for his return. Is all of your hope wound up in something you're working on here? Are you looking for Jesus to come back? Not just because you want to escape something. Oh, life is hard down here. I hope Jesus comes. It doesn't matter if life is hard or good down here. Our hope is in Jesus. You know, when you love someone, and we we have the down payment now. We're not we're not left orphans. Scripture is plain about that. But we're not home yet. And we don't, ha- the, the, the greatest Christian who's ever lived is only experiencing the, the down payment of all that we have yet to in store. And so the more we are in tune with the revelation of Scripture and listening and heeding the leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, no matter what we're doing down here, no matter how good or how tough things are here, there is going to be a longing for heaven. A longing for Jesus to come our sins were charged to him and became his and he bore them all he made full satisfaction for them he bore them cle- completely away and therefore as Romans 4 18 4, 8 says blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute or charge sin I just sinned. Jesus paid for it I'm, I'm under conviction about it I want to repent I want to make, make it right I may, may, may need to make restitution I may need to go to someone and ask their forgiveness but I want to please Jesus And unto him, unto them that look for him, he shall appear a second time without sin unto salvation. Our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we celebrate at his table today, appeared once in the world to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He made full atonement. He just only had to do it once. I don't remember the context, but I put something out on Facebook this week and it was talking about the death of Christ and what he did. And one brother down in Alabama said, three words that are the sweetest words in the English language. It is finished. Atonement made. And we celebrated his this table today. It's finished. Sin debt is finished. Paid for. And. In addition I have. Present with me. The one who paid my sin debt is my advocate. My lawyer. He didn't just. Save you and say well. Hope you make it. Uh, See you later. He's always with you. And dwells you by his Holy Spirit. He's in heaven interceding for you. And then the Lord Jesus Christ shall appear to them that look for him a second time without sin unto salvation. So Jesus is our hope. Make sure you're reading in the latter chapters of the book of Revelation. Revelation. Reminds us, there's coming a time there'll be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be there, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Be no night, no of candle, for the Lord God gives light. And the Lord shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, former things passed away. And my friends, if you die as an unbeliever, you're going to make you you're going to face two serious realities: death and judgment. But the believer is also going to face two realities, but oh how different they are: Christ and glory. Our Lord Jesus Christ appeared, I know I'm repeating myself, it needs repeating. Our Lord Jesus Christ appeared once in the world, once, just once, to take away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He is our atonement. And now, in the presence of God Almighty, in heaven, he is our advocate. And he's coming back no matter what's on your plate. Believe God. Take God's point of view. You may still have problems, but you will have hope. And you will know that the best is yet to be. You may be here today as we come to the Lord's table. As we often say, it's not a Baptist table, it's the Lord's table if you're in Christ. You repented of your sins, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your hope. Religion is not your hope. No denomination is your hope. No man on earth is your hope. Jesus Christ is your hope. Because he made atonement, he paid your sin debt. By the grace of God, you came to realize your sin. You were burdened for your sin. You knew you could not get rid of it. You could not pay the penalty that it deserved and by the grace of God you've cried out Lord Jesus be merciful to me a sinner and he saved you and you're trusting him the Lord's table is a celebration of that thank you Jesus you may be here as a believer and you've wandered or not been as close to the Lord as you should we saw from Wayne Gann in his testimony God doesn't leave us alone he was convicted. He was burdened that he was not as close as he had been. He had not been in the word like he should have been. And and so he began to seek the Lord and God met him. And is still meeting him. He still has a ton of problems that not any of us would want. But he has a joy of the Lord. He has hope in Christ. Whatever your state is today, in just a moment as we we'll have a hymn. Just talk to the Lord and and do business with the Lord and cry out to the Lord, whatever the need is. And then if you're in Christ, come to the Lord's table and we'll bring it to you. And don't play games with God. If it comes by and you're not in Christ, just keep praying. But for all I know, you could be sitting here right now outside of Christ and before the The bread and the juice gets there. You've prayed and asked God to save you. You've repented, you've believed, you've trusted him. This is for believers. Our Father, we ask for the ministry of the Spirit of God to be upon each one, to accomplish your purposes, to do your will in each of our lives. We pray that this will be a day of joy and rejoicing in the finished work of Christ. Thank you for atonement. Thank you for an advocate. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your coming. And so, Father, accomplish your purpose in each of our lives. And we bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.